Oh, many of us can really identify with that video, can't we? Only seeing our side of the beach ball. You know, we know, don't we, that relationships and friendships have been strained in this time. They are the biggest source of joy in our life, but they also can be a source of pressure and conflict and sadness sometimes. I wonder if you had a dial that measured your relational health, where would it be right now? Would you be near to full? Yeah, you're in lockdown, but you're feeling pretty good. Would it be half empty? You're, you're just kind of managing, you're making things work. Or do you actually feel pretty rela relationally drained? A bit like you're running on empty. It's certainly been a pressured time, hasn't it, for relationships in this last year. And so I want us to look today on how we can strengthen those relationships, the relationships that are closest to us. Is it time to deal with some of those conflicts or maybe ask for forgiveness? And also, how can we strengthen the bigger family relationships in the church? How can we find joy in those relationships? And of course, we're going to look to Jesus, who is our example of relational health, of love demonstrated in a human life. You know, relationships are at the heart of what it means to be human. God, who created the earth in all its beauty and diversity, said everything was good until it came to the moment that Adam was created and he was by himself. And God said, no, that's not good. And Eve was created, the first family was formed, and then the first human community formed through those descendants. We need other people to be healthy, to have a sense of well-being. But when our relationships are unhealthy, then we very quickly feel drained and empty and low. I think deep down we know, even though we spend a lot of our time about work or education or achieving things, that actually it's relationships, it's love that is the real source of well-being. Andrew spoke last week about shalom, the peace of God. And at the heart of that is to know that we're loved and we show love to others. So let's think about relationships. Let's think about relational well-being. Throughout the Bible, we read that we are called to love God with all our hearts. And that's our first relationship. That's our foundation stone. But very quickly, it says, love your neighbour as yourself. That love for God, that relationship with God has to be worked out in how we live with other people. And so I've chosen a passage today that sometimes we think is about romantic love, but actually it was written to a church. It was written to a people who, yeah, were a bit divided, who uh, knew about relational breakdown, about immorality, about division. And Paul writes to them in 1 Corinthians 13 about what love should be like in the Christian community. 
Let's read that passage together, 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. These are wonderful words, aren't they? And if we lived with someone who expressed all those qualities in lockdown, we'd be fine, wouldn't we? If, if that person always showed us love and kindness and respect and unselfishness and never kept a record of who lasted the washing up or who protects us and trusts in us and thinks the best of us, we'd be fine, wouldn't we? We'd be happily uh, feeling relationally healthy in lockdown. But the reality is not like that, is it? And if we're honest, if we look in the mirror, we know that we struggle to live a life of love that reflects that passage. We're imperfect, aren't we? We're selfish, Sometimes we do get angry. Sometimes we really keep that record of wrongs, don't we? Up to date. And that hinders our relationships. And so like the video, we need to deal with that conflict that builds up. You know, um, certainly William and I, you know, we've been married for, for many years. We know each other very well. But in lockdown, there have been those little conflicts, those minor irritations. At the beginning of lockdown, William decided he was going to do more cooking. I mean, that's great, isn't it? What's not to love? But I was surprised how irritated I felt when he rearranged things in the kitchen or did things, you know, cook things in a way that I wouldn't have done or added those orders into the Sainsbury's order. And we had to renegotiate. We had to work out, how do we do this together? How do we work together in lockdown? And I'm sure many of you have had those little renegotiations to work through. Remember that beach ball in the video. It's so important, isn't it, to try and see the other person's perspective. And often we just don't get why our flatmate or our spouse or our children don't see things the way that we do. But I would urge you, if you're feeling that conflict in your closest relationships, that to strengthen them, you have to sit down and talk about stuff. You need to listen. 
Really listen hard without interrupting, without being defensive, without jumping in. And often we need to be the first to say sorry. There's so much power in the word sorry that releases that conflict often. And then it gives the other person maybe the ability to hear our side of things and see things from our perspective, to reflect them back to, them, to us and to find the ability to forgive and to be forgiven. Sometimes, of course, we are going to have to ask for help because forgiveness is not easy. I don't think it's a, a mistake that in the Lord's Prayer that many Christians pray daily, there is that line about forgiving others as we have been forgiven. Jesus commanded us to forgive our brothers and sisters from the heart. It can't be just words. It has to go deep. And that comes out when we see the other person's perspective. And the wonderful thing for us as believers is that the Holy Spirit will work in those conversations. He loves to bring reconciliation and truth. And he will help us as we listen, as we say sorry, as we forgive, and sometimes as we ask for help. I know as I talk to people over the phone that many of you have experienced relationships going wrong in the lockdown, of, of conflict really building up. It can be between a husband and wife or a parent and child. And there's this, wrong, this long record of wrongs that has built up. Maybe there's withdrawal. Maybe you're in the same room as someone else, but they're just fixed on their phone. And yeah, there's no talking. There's no communication. Maybe there are things that need to be confessed. Maybe there's uh, a wrong relationship outside the home that's developed. Maybe there's anger that needs to be dealt with. Maybe other things like porn needs to be confessed. Others of you are just feeling alone right now. You maybe live alone, you may be single, and you, you thought that that little group of friends you had, you would really stick together in lockdown, but you haven't heard from anybody for ages. And it really hurts. And that weight of being alone and sadness, yeah, it means it's, it's hard to get up in the morning, it's hard to keep the resentment in check. I want you to know that wherever you are in your relational well-being, whether you really feel like you're running on empty, God sees your situation. He sees you. Often we keep things in secret, don't we? We hide it when relationships break down, but God knows and he sees and he loves you. He never gives up on you. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament of Hagar. She was a slave to Abraham and Sarah. And she becomes pregnant through Abraham. And there's conflict in the household. And she runs away. She's desperate. And God comes to her. An angel comes to her. 
she calls out to God and she, she renames God as the God who sees. He comes near to her in her emptiness and he strengthens her and comforts her and reassures her so that she has the courage to find a way through. And God can do that for you today. But you need to reach out. You need to admit you need help. Sometimes things can get so bad that you can feel there is no way forward, that things can't be rebuilt. But I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. I mean, we have couples and families in our church who have been right to the edge of broken relationships and God has rebuilt those relationships. Yes, it's taken hard work. They had to start somewhere and start that conversation, but God in his grace has supernaturally infused new love into those relationships. It can happen for you if you make that choice today. You know, sometimes we try and put too much weight on our closest relationships, on our spouse. We, we want all our fulfillment and all our well-being to come from that relationship. And that's not what God intended. He's always wanted us to be part of a people, of a family, of a community. And for us as Christians, that's the church. So we need to intentionally strengthen our relationships within the church. I love what Steve preached about a couple of weeks ago, about Paul and Epaphroditus. Paul was single. He didn't have that one special relationship. He was a very strong character, always on a mission, and he could have been totally independent. But he chose to invest in relationships, brothers and sisters, people he worked with, people he took on his travels with him. He was vulnerable with them. He shared his needs with them. They prayed for him. He wrote to them. They visited him. Even in prison, he invested and strengthened those relationships. He resolved never to be alone. Are you investing in those relationships in church that can strengthen you and can increase your sense of well-being, of peace, of shalom? Rick Warren, the famous author and pastor from America, said this, being included in God's family is the highest honour and the greatest privilege you will ever receive. Nothing ever comes close. Whenever you feel unimportant, unloved or insecure, remember to whom you belong. While your relationship to Christ is personal, God never intends it to be private. In God's family, you are connected to every other believer and will belong to each other for eternity. I know for me, I need those other relationships. I think of Abby and Annie and Cindy, who I walk with and talk with and pray with and laugh with. They bring life to me. They're part of doing church together and gathering with my group every week, seeing them on screen and 
reaching out to them. It's so important for who we are, part of the body of Christ, the church, his family. But ultimately, we look to Jesus, don't we? We look to him. He is our example of what love looks like. John, one of his best friends, said this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. There's that sacrifice involved. There's that reaching out that's involved. Jesus, patient and kind and loving. Despite being the son of God, he came to earth in humility. He didn't put people down, even though he saw totally accurately their sin. And when we ask for forgiveness, he doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's a fresh start. He always protects us and works with us and he will never ever give up on us. You know, he spent his ministry strengthening the relationships he had with his disciples, the 12 and then the closest three, James, John and Peter. He shared life with them. He walked and talked with them. Uh, he told them truth. He dealt with conflicts with them. He showed them what love looked like. But he didn't just stay with that 12. He reached out beyond his circle. I mean, he was just as happy listening to a woman by the side of a well in the midday sun who'd failed at many relationships spending a night talking to Nicodemus, the, the teacher of the law who thought he knew everything. Jesus loved a good meal with his friends and he, he shared the best wine with people at a wedding and he wept at the grave of a friend. He was the friend of sinners. He loves imperfect, messed up people like you and me. He calls us his friends. He chose to lay down his life for us, to bridge the conflict between us, sinful, broken people, and a holy God. He came to earth that we might be in relationship with him, but also know loving relationships with those closest to us, but also with his family, his people. On the night he faced being arrested and killed, he asked his closest friends to stay with him and pray. Despite the awfulness of what he was facing, they fell asleep, they, they let him down. He was arrested and went to the cross knowing his closest friends had betrayed and denied him but he still prayed for them, that they might be forgiven. He reached out from the cross, even, you know, asking John to care for his mum. Because for Jesus, he was all about the relationships, all about love, all about people. Maybe right now you feel like you've been deserted, you've been let, go, let down. Look to Jesus. However low your relational tank is, however many denials and betrayals you've experienced, 
or maybe you've caused in relationships. Look to Jesus. He, he says to you this morning, he says to you today, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Maybe today you just need to do that. You need to come to Jesus. Take that first step and say that you're sorry and ask for his forgiveness. Admit you're messed up and ask him to receive you, to, to give you his love so that you can in turn love others. For some of you, your relational tank is so empty and there's so much conflict around you. You know that you need forgiveness because your part you've played in that. You need to confess the things that have come between you and the people that you love, that have undermined the relationships around you, the anger, the selfishness, the expecting too much. But it's not going to be easy. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. Jesus is going to be with you. But you're going to have to take some practical next steps. You're going to have to pick up the beach ball and see the other person's perspective. You're going to have to open yourself up that reconciliation can happen in those relationships. Maybe today you know you've drifted away from church. You haven't invested in the relationships here at King's. You, you're going it alone pretty much. You watch on a Sunday, but you don't feel connected. That's not good. It's not God's plan for you. He doesn't want you to be alone. He wants you to be part of this community, this family. Reach out now. Ask for prayer. Connect with someone. Pick up the phone Call someone in your group. Deepen that relationship. You know, contact us. We would love to connect with you. We've got some great seminars coming up about marriage and, and singleness that might help strengthen those relationships. We're here for you. Jesus stepped towards people when they reached out to him and he will come with his grace his love, his open arms to restore you, to bring health and peace into your heart. So why don't you take that first step today? Let's pray. Lord, we come to you and we're aware that sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we're so selfish and we undermine the very relationships that we know we need to be healthy and to be whole and know peace in our homes and in the church. Come close to us now and help us take that step to reach out to you and to reach out to each other, we pray. Amen. We're going to worship now and as we sing, as we run to the Father, as we turn to him, I want you in your heart to respond to this message now.